2: Hello, hello. Thank you so much for finding Whitehall Sources. Before we get stuck into the politics for you, a quick message from The Resident. These hotels, like their choice in podcasts, are exceptional. Whether you're travelling for business or leisure, at The Resident, you're offered the best rooms, prices, and advice for your needs as well. We are so thrilled to be brought to you in association with The Resident, who have proudly backed us since day one. When we're booking a stay in London or Liverpool, it's the resident we head to and it's the resident you should head to. To find out more, click (laughs) residenthotels.com
0: Mr. Doyle says that he was struggling to come up with a way that the gathering was in the rules. I wasn't aware that he'd send that WhatsApp.
1: Why did you not take proper advice? I asked the relevant people.
3: Do you still want to assert the guidance had been followed at all times? Do you want to assert yes, I do. this committee?
2: Hello and welcome to Whitehall Sources We're recording on Thursday the 15th of June I'm Callum MacDonald Thank you very much for being there Thank you for following and subscribing This is the place to get your insider analysis on all things Westminster politics with those who have lived it and breathed it In a slight um, alteration to convention I'm going to introduce Peter Cardwell first Hello Peter Hi Callum uh, no stranger to the podcast of course former special advisor uh, Peter Card. Well, thanks for being here Peter uh, and now to introduce the queen of podcasts she comes up with her own rules of comms and dishes them out for literally free on the podcast and today is celebrating her birthday former special advisor to Theresa May Kirsty Buchanan, Hello
3: Oh, it's glorious to be 21 again, what
2: can I tell you? You don't look a day over 18, Kirsty.
3: Thank you, you're too kind. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I'm good. I've had lots of flowers and lovely messages and... Yeah, it's good. It's lovely. Good.
2: Good. Well, thank you for spending your birthday with Cardi P and I. We are very grateful.
1: That was the BBC Philharmonic Orchestra. Can we play that from. ludicrously elaborate? Can we play that ludic- ludicrously <laughs> elaborate Happy Birthday again? Because it's your birthday on Saturday.
2: Uh, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. So it's my birthday on Monday. The celebration is on Monday. Saturday. Monday. And while Kirsty <laughs> is <laughs> turning, <laughs> tw- <laughs> and while Kirsty is turning twenty-one, I was born at the age of eighty-seven. Uh, I was born an old man, and so this weekend is all about celebrating just how old I truly am. I think it's a celebration. Is it a celebration? I think it's
1: a celebration. Of course it is, of course it is. I used to be a young fogey, but now I'm nearly 40. I'm just a fogey. (laughs) Yes.
2: So yes, birthdays galore. When's your birthday, Peter? Uh, First of June, so earlier this month. Uh, We missed that, sorry. Well, happy birthday to you too thank you don't okay. play it
1: again
3: no right, need. Okay, we're <laughs> done with that <laughs> that's enough it okay Roger that's a wrap <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: right thank you both very much for being here it's great to have you on and there is just one story in town today that we want to focus on and that is Boris Johnson of course and the privileges committee report which has finally been released uh, the privileges committee said that if Boris Johnson had not resigned it would have recommended a 90-day suspension for him that would have been uh, a very long suspension actually by his historical standards peter you can keep us right on this is it literally unprecedented
1: it certainly is for a prime minister um we've had mps who've been suspended for longer including keith vaz who was suspended for six months over but that involved cocaine and rent boys whereas this is just lying to parliament the mere small matter of lying (laughs) to parliament but as far as i know a former prime minister hasn't been suspended from parliament before Okay, so it's a, a really quite a big deal. Of course, this is all about COVID lockdown parties
2: season number 10. Uh, the report was published this morning. As I say, we're recording on the 15th. So uh, first thing this morning, among the several findings are as follows. Johnson deliberately misled the Commons about, uh, about what he knew about gatherings. He misled the Privileges Committee while they were carrying out their duties. He was also found to be complicit in a campaign of abuse against the MPs investigating him. And so this 90-day ban, uh, suspension, would have been recommended if Boris Johnson hadn't stepped down as an MP last week. Um, Kirsty, he kind of preempted this, didn't he, with that pretty fiery statement at the end of last week when he got a sight of the provisional report, which is standard operating procedure. But his kind of fiery statement last week really set the uh, set the foundation, I suppose, for what has now become quite a spectacular battle back and forth. Yeah, um,
3: he set the tone, and the tone was low barroom brawl right I mean he's gone full Trump mm. and uh, decided that attack is the best form of defence prime, an ex-prime minister that started off saying you know I will respect the findings of the committee is now intimidating them breaching their confidentiality and calling their report deranged I, uh, it's a singularly unedifying spectacle and in a week where we've seen you know uh, atrocious events play out in the streets of Nottingham uh, and you know all the other crises that you know are befalling you know both Europe the world and the cost of living crisis in this country to watch a former prime minister and a sitting prime minister go hammering songs at it because some overgrown baby man can't accept the findings uh, of his peers uh, I just I don't you know I just despair and I think Probably, and I'm sure someone will do a poll really, really quickly to tell me. Probably, the vast majority of the people, you know, of the public, just want this to just go away. Enough already, you know. Mm. Your narcissism and your ego, just enough. Go yeah. away. Continue to stock up your millions on the global rubber chicken circuit. and Give us all a break. <laughs> uh,
2: it, it has been quite exhausting, Peter. I wonder, have you found that in covering it in your day job? Because the back and forth and the intensity of the back and forth has been absolutely astonishing.
1: Well, I think it's interesting that we have three kind of stories in the papers today and one of them sort of doesn't matter but it kind of does which is this Boris Johnson uh, affair I mean it really matters in terms of the integrity of Parliament it matters in terms of public life trust and all the rest of it but in terms of most people seeing it as relevant to their lives I think people have grown kind of weary of this even though it is important the other one is of course Nottingham as uh, the horrendous attack that Kirsty mentioned previously but the other uh, main story is of course interest rates and the fact that they may go up to 5.75% so I think there's so many people who are thinking about their mortgage, thinking about their credit card debt, thinking about all of the problems that they're having financially, and just seeing a millionaire throwing his toys out of the pram and worrying about whether he has a parliamentary pass or not and whether the Privileges Committee is doing the right thing or not. I mean, this is a 14-month inquiry by seven people, all of whom have a level of integrity. And you can argue the bit about whether Harriet Harman should have been tweeting or not tweeting about Boris Johnson previously. We'd had Chris Bryant, who had recused himself from the inquiry. But... They, they, they take them down quite spectacularly over 30,000 words, which I've read, so you don't have to. And in terms of their conclusions, Thank I've you. never seen something quite as damning as what the Privileges Committee has put out today. Yeah, that's
2: really interesting. And you mentioned the, the kind of the pushback from Boris Johnson. And it's worth mentioning that, that he has allies that have also hissed out of what's being described as a spiteful, vindictive and overreaching report. Uh, Nadine Doris, who, of course, is Boris Johnson's real big cheerleader, uh, who remains in the commons. Um, that's a separate story, said the report had revealed its true predetermined intentions. She said any Conservative MP who would vote for this report is fundamentally not a Conservative and will be held to account by members of the public. Deselections may follow. It's serious. Uh, How serious is Nadine Doris, Kirsty? What's she talking about here? Deselections?
3: Uh, I mean, look, uh, on one level, I should think number 10 are quite happy with this because the more the, the Mooney cult around Boris Johnson talks, the greater the galvanising effect it has to move people, even if they did at one point support Boris, to galvanise behind their prime minister because this spectacle is just doing the party such untold damage. Now, uh, the public, I think she should look at the polls... And have a reality check about where the public is with Boris Johnson and frankly where the public have been with Boris Johnson since uh, the truth emerged about Partygate, the Downing Street parties Uh, that was the permanent fracture that between him and the public that that ultimately led to uh, the the decline and the ultimate spectacular collapse of his premiership. So, and then deselections, I think we're into a very rocky road there. I mean look there will be a substantial rump of the Conservative membership that will be Unhappy with that uh, But I, you know, whether this leads To a- attempts to Deselect the disloyal to the Former Prime Minister mm. I would, you know, I would be surprised I would be very surprised I, I th- mean we had all this with Corbyn didn't we We had all yeah. this, you know, if you do not you know, Follow the great glorious leader We will deselect you It's a, it's a kind of last desperate Throes of a, of a dying cult
1: I think it's highly unlikely we get deselections and I also, I mean I don't know if you've seen the poll uh, that's just been out in the last couple of hours that says that Boris Johnson is apparently less... Uh, less um uh, popular than Xi Jinping and Philip Schofield, so if he thinks he can become <laughs> prime minister again, I think that's probably something that's probably not going to happen anytime soon. Well, that's an, that is a really interesting poll.
2: <laughs> I mean, two people that you probably rarely want to appear on a, on any sort of league table alongside. I would suggest um, it is interesting that the I kind do of- have
3: to say though. I do just as an aside, I do yeah. share a birthday with Xi Jinping. So there you go. do you? It's his I- birthday today too.
2: I share a birthday with Boris oh, happy Johnson. Happy birthday, President
1: Xi, if you're listening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as, you, as you presumably do to most of my, uh, most of my uh, <laughs> internet correspondence.
3: <laughs> yes, my phone still makes some sort of curious, like, you know, uh, it curiously has some <laughs> very weird behaviour. That...
1: That, weird, that weird clicking noise. When I worked at the home office, I was told to just sort of expect that the Chinese were listening and the Russians oh, as well. really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I share my
2: birthday with Boris Johnson. And in fact, the party, the birthday party that he got fined for, I remember having my birthday party in the flat in which I lived at the time. I put a shirt on so I felt fancy, but I was wearing my slippers for the entire thing. Um, so I was well, very we, much we, in we my co- household. The
1: coming to be a sanction on Monday will mm-hmm. be his birthday. So mm-hmm. let's hope the uh, birthday cake is less controversial this time. <laughs> yeah, no ambushes
2: by Victoria Sponge. Uh, Ambush by much. Colin the Caterpillar. <laughs> That's right, yeah, exactly. I'm just, I'm quite struck by the, by the sort of, the considering uh, of Boris Johnson's allies, and as Kirsty was saying, the kind of, the rump of Conservative MPs that might be a little bit peeved at all of this, and are certainly talking a good game when it comes to trying to play down the, the um, or undermine the committee. Uh, Brendan Clark-Smith, who was a minister under Johnson, described the committee as a kangaroo court. I'm appalled at what I've read. I won't be supporting the recommendations. I'll be speaking against them both publicly and in the House, Mark Jenkinson, the MP for Workington, described the recommendation for the 90-day punishment as a gross overreach which undermines the integrity of the committee and of Parliament. The removal of a former member's pass is nothing short of vindictive. And I want to pick up on that point, Peter. Is it, is it overreaching? Is it vindictive in, 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 the, in the harshness of the punishment?
1: So I think removing his pass is maybe a little bit too far. I think that he pushed the privileges committee. They upped the uh, the sanctions certainly as a result of his behaviour last Friday and accused him of leaking the report and and being in that in itself as being an act of contempt. So I think it's really interesting in terms of the pass issue. I mean, even spouses of MPs get a pass. Journalists like 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 me get a pass as well. So there are lots of there are thousands of people who can be in the parliamentary estate. I don't really think that Boris Johnson not being on the parliamentary estate is is necessarily necessary but we'll see uh, in terms of what parliament actually does and actually that's an interesting point in terms of what they're actually voting on on monday Mm -hmm. because whether there are amendments that are accepted by the speaker sir Lindsay hoyle because if they're just really i mean in terms of what it actually amounts to it's very symbolically important but in terms of what it amounts to for boris johnson that could be actually the only issue so perhaps there will be more rebels and people saying look i accept the thrust of the report but i think banning him from the parliamentary estate is is a Bad idea. Um, for Boris Johnson, he has there have been calls as well for his hundred and fifteen thousand uh, pound mm. former prime minister's allowance to be to be taken away. I think that's silly as well. There is a lot of pressure, admin um, demands in your time for any former prime minister, even Liz Truss. Um, so I think that, um, that 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 should remain. And I, I think we, we're we're kind of in danger of being slightly too hysterical in all of this. You know, his entire honours list should be cancelled and all the rest of it. I mean, what mm. is what is constitutionally possible and what is politically possible are perhaps two different things. But for Rishi Sunak, I think he wants this just to go away and for Monday to be over and him to get back to the, uh, the, his, his mission, which is to appear serious, to appear prime ministerial and to appear very much unlike his predecessor, but one yeah. Boris Johnson. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and it's interesting, isn't it? Because the um, it's from the left. The left are trying to make what is a headache for... Uh, Boris Johnson into a headache for Rishi Sunak yes. by upping the ante on the sanctions. So it's people like Alistair Campbell who are saying he should be stripped of his path, he should be stripped of his...
1: Um, yes, uh, Alistair Campbell's a great his, person to take the high ground about lying to Parliament.
3: <laughs> you know, he, he should be uh, he should be uh, prevented from having his, his honours list, that should be struck off. Rishi should move to block his honours list. He should have his... be forced to repay his taxpayer legal fees I have a little bit more sympathy with that one to be fair um, but you know it is them that's trying to move the ante because they're trying to, to 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 play this out and move the problem the focus on the center of the problem back to Naring Street and move it back to an issue of Rishi Sunak's integrity if you are a government of integrity mm. and accountability and transparency ergo you must surely move to block this honours list of cronies from a discredited prime minister who's been held in contempt of parliament. Um, Now, obviously, you know, I I agree with Peter. I think they'll just put their heads down and it will be fascinating to see what amendments go down from the opposition and, you know, whether any of those are are called. It's going to be Mm. a very difficult day for number 10, uh, as well as being an embarrassment for Boris Johnson.
2: Yeah, Will Rishi Sunak be there? And will he vote? Will he be voting on this on Monday? I don't know.
1: If if I were Rishi Sunak or advising Rishi Sunak, I would find some incredibly important uh, visit to, you know, Skegness or um, (laughs) Glasgow or something to do that day. And he just very sadly has to miss the vote um, on that one. I think it's, it's a good day for Rishi Sunak not to be in Parliament.
2: Mm. Yeah. And what about what about other former Prime Ministers? Do they float around and stick it to Boris, as it were, by voting, you know, voting in... I think w- it's fair w- to
3: say Theresa May will probably be... <laughs> <that>.
2: <laughs> yes.
3: Every time Good I see point. her right now, she looks like she's living her best life,
1: right? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: that's true. You described her as achieving Yas yeah, Queen having- status last week, Kirsty.
1: <laughs> I was act- I was actually at, at an event uh, That, that uh, Theresa May and Boris Johnson were at And Boris Johnson sort of came in When he was Prime Minister And uh, he sort of went Oh hello, 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 hello And Theresa May just sort of nodded her head And sort of, mm, yes, hello I was chatting to her afterwards And I said, Mrs May, you're a bit like me In that you have a terrible poker face If you don't mind me saying so And she said, yes It's uh, that the masks during uh, the lockdowns Were very useful in Parliament For concealing some of her expressions As Boris Johnson was at the dispatch box I hope she doesn't mind me revealing <laughs> our conversation, but it was pretty funny. A lot of people think Theresa May <laughs> doesn't have a sense of humour, and she absolutely does. Yeah. no, I th- She really
3: does. I think my when I, I convinced... She didn't like doing media very much, and, I, uh, and at every conference it used to swing between the Sun and the Sunday Times to get the interview with the Prime Minister. It was the Sunday Times turn, and it was right at the heat of Boris Johnson you know, making merry with uh the government and destabilizing it and undermining it at every turn. And she did an interview with the Sunday Times and uh and I and I went in to check something with her afterwards and I said, you know, thank you very much, Prime Minister, for, for doing this, you know uh I know you know, I you know, I appreciate it. And she looked at me with that uh, look, that Tim Shipman said was the look that could freeze a mountain stream. And she <laughs> said, "Well, she said, well, let's see if I uh, let's see if I appreciate it tomorrow." Uh, and I sort of made a little sort of strangled, slightly frightened laugh. Um, and then that was the um, that was the notorious Sunday Times front page where they had the Prime Minister, and then they had an interview with Boris Johnson, and I had them face to face. Oh, wow. uh and i and that was right at, before conference uh and i spent the entire conference with people coming up to me going how could you have let that happen <laughs> oh no <laughs> i've never yeah because i you know i had walked her into a trap basically yeah uh, and i never felt i never felt worse in the job really? than wow. that weekend wow. and oh, the amount of people at conference said to me how on earth could you have let that happen and i just felt i felt terrible I really felt I felt like I would let her down. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'd asked her to do something that she wasn't keen on, and I literally walked her into a trap.
1: But
2: how, you know, in the if I'm speaking as a journalist, how would you know? How would you know that that there was no an and with I wouldn't Boris, know. And, and look, you know,
3: it's per- look, and it's perfectly fair game of the, of the. You know, I'm not the paper. Yeah, I'm not knocking the Sunday Times sure, for doing sure. it. That's them's the breaks, right? And that's the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, you know, and personally, I was hurt by it because yeah. it obviously made me look like a right chump, um, you know. And it, and it's, and I, and I, it still makes me cringe when I think about it now. But yeah. you know, it, it comes back to the point I was saying to you the other day. There's not a contact in the world where, if the stakes are high enough, you won't burn them. Mm. You know, you won't. You know, mm. and mm. that's that's not that's not about friendship that's not about disrespect that is the game yeah and you most of the time it is played with respect and fairness and dignity and if someone is going to burn you they'll give you the heads up you know but the stakes were too high at that time you know it was too high to give me a heads up it was too high to play fair you know mm-hmm. they wanted the prime minister out and the job was about destabilizing and there is not a journalist alive that would have turned down the opportunity to do that. Yeah. That's the truth. It's painful, and it's well, painful yeah, now to think about painful.
2: it. No, absolutely. It's a really fascinating insight, though, into how these things kind of come together. And I'm actually just going to take what you, the phrase you've used there, Kirsty, about the stakes being high, and I try to apply that to this situation with the Privileges Committee, with Boris Johnson, with Rishi Sunak. How high are the stakes here, Peter? I'm trying to understand, I suppose... Uh, where where the anger can go and yeah. where the punishments ultimately end up. Because yes, it's a, it's, a, it's a kind of heartbreaking story for so many people who lost loved ones during COVID um, and during the pandemic and those who did stick by the rules and seeing all of this is particularly galling. I just wonder actually what the culmination is. Is this it, basically? I
1: I kind of wonder if anybody really changed their mind today. Mm. I I wonder whether there wasn't anybody either watching politically, or political insiders or people who are um, sitting at home just listening to this or, or reading the papers... Have they actually changed their mind about Boris Johnson? Have they changed their mind about the Privileges Committee? Because I'm not sure really too many people have. In terms of what the Privileges Committee was going to do, we knew for a number of days what it was going to do. Boris Johnson decided to resign. He didn't go through the process that would have seen a vote in Parliament. He didn't go through the process that would have seen uh, a possible by election, which he may not have won. It kind of suits him in mm. terms of what has happened now. The Privilege Committee has thrown everything they can at him. But because of the kind of person he is, a lot of the people who will have thought the same thing a week ago as they do today about Boris Johnson are, are thinking, are just not going to change their mind. And I think in terms of the, the heat will be around this for a few days, but I also think that it will go. But I, I really think that Boris Johnson's career kind of ended when he was giving his oral evidence to the committee, because on that day, two things happened. One, his feet his feet were held to the fire over the facts, for the first time really properly, and secondly, we had the situation where he had to leave his statement to go for a vote on the Windsor framework, and Rishi Sunak did what very few Prime Ministers have have ever done, which is unite Parliament on Brexit. And, and on are Europe in general, and there are only 29 people. Okay, there are more who who abstained, but there are only 29 people who voted against it, and when Boris Johnson came back from that vote, when it became clear what it was, he was diminished as a political figure. There are people who agree with him, but there aren't that many of them, and I think it was clear at that stage that his career was over, that a comeback probably wasn't going to happen, and today is just another nail in the coffin of that.
2: Now, far be it from us to advertise political party conferences, but one of the major political parties is heading to Liverpool in 2023 for theirs. Hang on a minute. Whitehall Sources is brought to you in association with The Resident, excellent hotels in exceptional locations. Now, I've just been checking and I can actually confirm that The Resident has one of its excellent hotels in the exceptional location of Liverpool. Phil, who stayed there in February, says the location is perfect for shopping, restaurants, pubs and clubs, all within two minutes walking. And yet the hotel itself was very quiet. That sounds ideal for politicals for party conference. Or if you're on a leisurely visit to Liverpool, for example, stay at The Resident. To book your stay, click residenthotels.com. want to consider uh, this, which is reported in the Times as to Boris Johnson's future. His allies are claiming that the severity of the punishment proposed could conversely make it easier for him to return to frontline politics. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> that's a tut and an eye roll from Peter Card in background there. Uh, they're describing it, uh, obviously we've talked about the length of the punishment, that's out of kilter, so they say politically inspired witch hunt. And by questioning the legitimacy of the committee's findings rather than accepting uh, his guilt. Apparently, the suggestion is that he might be laying out a long-term strategy for an eventual return to frontline politics. Hold your thoughts. Have a listen to this.
0: Today we witness the most evil and heinous abuse of power in the history of our country. Very sad thing to watch. A corrupt sitting president had his top political opponent arrested on fake and fabricated charges of which he and numerous other presidents would be guilty, right in the middle of a presidential election in which he is losing very badly. It's a political persecution like something straight out of a fascist or communist nation.
2: That, of course, is former President Donald Trump speaking after his indictment the other day. I played that because I wonder if they've got a point if questioning the legitimacy of the committee's finding in this w- findings in this way which is not for the first time been compared to Donald Trump's own tactics does it work as a strategy to make a comeback Kirsty
3: a uh, world of no <laughs> you know one of the many many things that has been you know has become received wisdom about Boris Johnson is uh, you should never write him off You know, Mm. this guy has got, you know, uh, more comebacks than, you know, Lazarus. I just, look, everything, in politics, everything is true until it's not. Um, And there are two big factors on this that I just, I I don't see it. Um, One is, like I say, the, I, I hear all the time from the cult of Boris about, oh, you know, the, 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 the the polls were really marginal the difference in the polls were really marginal when Boris and now they're 20 percent that is bs the polls when he stood down were you know they were trailing 15 percent. now they're trailing 20 in the middle of a cost of living crisis he was until Liz Truss came along and said hold my beer the most unpopular prime minister in living memory right that is the actual facts of the matter and him and the cult of Boris can try and turn this into a secret conspiracy plot, all about rewinding the Brexit clock, and that you know pointing out things like, oh, if all these committee members voted Remain. Rishi Sunak is uh, and always has been a Brexiteer. He was an ardent, uh, you know, supporter of Brexit while Boris Johnson was still trying to make his, you know, make his mind up about what side of the fence he was going to sit on so it feels you know it is kind of you know it is trumpian because it is all about saying this is you know persecution which is part of a wider conspiracy about a much more important issue and it's not it is and always was about boris johnson and boris johnson's behavior and the reason for boris johnson's fall from grace is not because of some secret remainer plot to oust him and drive him for all time from politics is because of his behaviour. It's because he's a lawbreaker, a liar, and when his back's up against the wall, he's a bully. And that is why he's out of office. And that is why you have people like the Brief Families for Justice saying he should never be allowed back into public office again. He has done enormous damage. He has done as much damage to democracy as Liz Truss did to our economy uh probably, you know, over a relatively short amount of time. And that is the state. So when the public have broken faith with him, I don't see how there's a way back. What I think will happen is I think he will form some sort of Boris Johnson version of the Tony Blair Institute. Mm-hmm. I think he will fashion it round support for Ukraine and galvanizing support for Ukraine. Uh and I think he will make an enormous sum of money like i say on the global rubber chicken circuit um and actually if this drives him away to continue to raise support and arms for ukraine at least some good will come from it because he can be as we know an incredibly compelling and incredibly compassionate and passionate advocate for what you know for what he believes and if uh you know and if that is harnessed for good then great but you know On the downside of that, he can be a narcissistic, egomaniac, baby man. (laughs) So I just think, I don't think there's a comeback for him this time. I think he's done uh, in domestic politics, but I absolutely would not write him off on the global stage.
2: Peter?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of that, certainly in regard to his domestic politics uh, aspect, is absolutely right. I just can't see a way back for him. There will be people who will forever think that he has been badly treated, but there's also the point of sympathy and uh, the sort of current nature as well. He is sort of, well he is yesterday's man I mean it's two Prime Ministers ago now and there there is just this sense that if the Conservative Party especially loses after the you know loses the next election, I just don't see MPs, I can see members saying well Boris is the answer because of the massive victory in 2019, but I can't see too many MPs thinking that and we've got to remember that they're the ones who will choose the next leader of the Conservative Party or at least get a down to the the final two so mm. it will be interesting to see what he does next but he will feel embittered uh he will feel wrong you know as if he has been is the wronged party and when you surround yourself with people like nadine dorries for example who you know believe that and believe it perhaps even more strongly than boris johnson does well then that is uh, something that his he and his supporters will just continue to believe has been the case
2: in terms of you know people we would were- talking there about sort of people would often defend Boris Johnson in, in terms of what he did. And I think one of the other defenses that's always bubbling around about Boris Johnson is people knew what they were getting by way of character. But I just wonder if actually what we're seeing now in his response to the Privileges Committee is really elaborating upon that character in a way that perhaps we've not seen quite so starkly before.
1: I- I- I think you're right, Callum, and I don't think we've seen him backed into a corner in just quite this way. Before, I mean, essentially you have 30,000 words of invective there saying you're a liar, you lied continuously, you're malicious. All the kind of things that people have often said about Boris Johnson, but it's never really been down in black and white in a parliamentary report before. So I think that uh, he, he is lashing out. There's no doubt about that. That And maybe he, fe- he feels, well, he does feel he's, he's right to do so. And perhaps that's the only way to attack it. But it does, I think it does diminish him as a politician. He is someone who, is often seen as quite a good connector, someone who really connects with people, but a lot of it just makes him look certainly very angry, and I think that's not a Boris Johnson that a lot of people are particularly happy with. It's not the Boris Johnson, certainly, that won an election in 2019. He was seen as quite a calm person, someone who could inspire people, connect with people, who could reinvigorate the Conservative Party after a very, very damaging period. So just to see him as a kind of wounded animal, um, that is is not a look that I think is something that's going to be electorally or, or or even in terms of public opinion be successful for him
3: yeah look to some certain extent we shouldn't be surprised you know boris johnson has a long notorious history of lying uh, i think what is so we shouldn't be surprised if you know man who is a well-known liar becomes the prime minister and lies in office uh, but i think what's different and what is fundamental here in the fracture of his relationship with the public mm. is that Previously his lying has hurt Boris more than it's hurt anybody else, right? It's cost him a job, it's cost him, you know, a ministerial post, it's cost him his marriage, you know. So uh you know, there's a sort of sense of he was a bit of a rogue and a bit of a rake, you know, um and oh Boris is in another scrape. But when COVID hits uh it becomes a different it becomes a different matter, and he didn't he didn't rise to that occasion. I mean, look, you know, I have a lot of sympathy with him through that. He himself got Covid mm-hmm, uh, and was mm-hmm. was seriously ill. But it required, uh, it required an integrity and it required a seriousness uh, that... You know, and a selflessness that I just don't think he possesses. Um, and so, you know, it's events, dear boy. You know, in another world and a different kind of political atmosphere... He would have been a, you know, he had the potential to be a great prime minister, you know, but it was, he was entirely the wrong character, you know, from a psychological point of view for that moment in time. And uh, to behave if they did and then to, you know, to seek to to wriggle your way out of it and then to... uh, Escape responsibility for your actions by standing down. Um, uh, I just, yeah, I I just think that, you know, that is caught up with all of us, the public. You know, mm. up until then, it's been Boris and those immediately around Boris that have been harmed. Mm. You know, democracy. I mean, like it sounds like a ridiculously pompous thing to say here, but democracy has been harmed by this. You know, faith. Uh, in democratic institutions, you know, and government has been harmed by this. Uh, and people could say, oh, well, you know, all politicians are liars anyway. It's hardly a surprise. Mm. But when you are, you know, quote-unquote, all in this together, and you are effectively being, you know, the entire nation is being ghastly to coin a phrase by, you know, by their own uh, elected official, you know, their own elected government, I just... It, you know, I just think that becomes something that you, you don't come back from yeah. not here, not on the domestic circuit.
2: And that gaslighting um, I think it was summed up wasn't it by that description of number 10 it, as part of the evidence to the Privileges Committee um, one number 10 staffer describing it as an oasis of normality that was a phrase that was used in the Privileges Committee evidence. Like an oasis of normality, when uh, birthday parties, leaving drinks, wine time Fridays continued, staff were warned to be mindful of cameras, what? but it was all a pantomime. Quote
3: One of the reasons I think the sanction is so great is contempt. The sanction for contempt is great. It is deliberately harsh Yeah. because it's designed to be so. If you're held in contempt in court... The sense you know the the punishment is a harsh one because be the institutions have to be more powerful or all powerful, otherwise people lose faith in them right
0: yeah
3: you know and you're being judged by your peers, and your peers will judge you harsh, harshly yeah
2: there 's a really good point. And I think just as a sort of conclusion to all of that, actually, what you've just been saying, I've just caught sight of this poll from Savanta, uh, just in the last few minutes as we've been recording, 62% say a political return for Boris Johnson would be unwelcome, 28% say it would be welcome, uh, and 66% agree with the report's conclusion that he deliberately misled the House of Commons, 19% think he did not deliberately mislead. So that's the poll. That's the polling that's happened right now instantly. I wonder if those numbers will change at all Um, in time, if he, you know, after the vote on Monday perhaps, or if Boris Johnson continues to try and batter away at the Privileges Committee and indeed his allies as well. Uh, But interesting to get 66% agree with the report's conclusion that he deliberately misled the House of Commons, and perhaps that's a crucial number to bear in mind when we're discussing comebacks and whatnot for Boris Johnson.
3: And it's not just this poll, it's all the polls. Uh, that have happened and taken place uh, since the revelations about Partygate, you know, you can date all of them back. You can date his contract with the British public. The British public's love affair with Boris Johnson ended with the revelations of Partygate. It never restored itself. And slowly, slowly by slowly, that certain chain of events that led us to where we are now. But let's not kid ourselves. The public didn't fall out of love with Boris Johnson today. They fell out of love with him, you know, 18 months ago.
2: Uh, Kirsty and Peter, thank you both very much for being on the podcast. Great to have you here.
1: Great to be with you both. Thanks very much indeed.
2: Cheers. Thank you. Thanks very much for listening to Whitehall Sources. Thank you for following and subscribing to the podcast as well. We're here every single week to analyse politics with those who have lived it, been inside it, walked the halls of Number 10 and around Whitehall as well. Uh, tell your friends, bring your friends along to Whitehall Sources. Have a listen. It's free, completely free, to share the link. and We'd love it if you could do that. We will speak to you again next week. Who knows what we'll be talking about by then? Probably still Boris Johnson, but your guess is as good as ours. Uh, we will talk to you uh, next week. Thank you. Goodbye.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.